and welcome to PPRO Payments Radio, a podcast brought to you by PPRO. PPRO builds local payments infrastructure designed to help businesses gain access to new markets and new customers. PPRO powers local payments for PSPs, banks, payment gateways, and enterprises with payment platforms. My name is Megan Johnson, your host of Payments Radio, and today we'll be shedding some light on a must-have resource in the payments world, the PPRO Almanac. I'm joined by James Booth, Head of Partnerships EMEA at PPRO, Kelvin Pua, Global Head of Payment Networks at PPRO, and Somnath Banjuri, Head of Marketing Intelligence from Datamatic Business Solutions. And today we'll be discussing the Almanac, the partnership between PPRO and Datamatics, and trends in the LPM space. So I'd like to welcome my three guests. Um, if you could each give us a, a brief intro of who you are and, and what you're looking after, that would be great for our listeners. So I'm going to start off with James. Hi, Megan. Thanks for, thanks for inviting me to the podcast today. Um, so my name is James Booth. And I'm the head of partnerships for Europe, Middle East, and Africa at PPRO. I look after all of our uh, client relationships. Um, and for us, clients being PSPs, acquirers, uh, merchant gateways, um, or any aggregator of merchants, et cetera. Uh, so I look after all of our relationships for the region. Great. Thanks, James. Good to have you back on, on Payments Radio. And, and Kelvin, welcome. Thanks, Megan. And thanks for having me on uh, Payments Radio. Really happy to be here. Uh, my name is Kelvin Pua. I'm based out of Singapore, and I'm the global head of uh, payment networks in PPRO. So what my team and I do is we source the world for all the local payment methods, uh, looking for what is most relevant in each of these markets and bringing them on board onto the PPRO's uh, infrastructure. Uh, and uh, basically, we manage the relationship. We manage all the uh, uh, support, the integration, and make sure that everything is working fine before uh, sending it across to James to share it with our partners. Super. Thanks, Calvin. And last but not least, um, Somnath. Welcome to Payments Radio. Um, what's, what's your role at Datamatics? And could you tell us a bit more about what Datamatics is, is doing, what the company is all about? Thanks, Megan. Uh, it's a pleasure to be a part of the Payments Radio today. Uh, so uh, my name is Somnath Banerjee, and uh, I represent uh, Datamatics Business Solution uh, based out of Mumbai in India. Um, so um, I actually head the market research and intelligence business unit in Datamatics. And uh, as a part of this business unit, uh, we provide uh, customized market intelligence solutions to our global clients. Um, so, uh, Datamatics Business Solutions is a part of the larger Datamatics group of companies, uh, which has uh, diversified business interest in technology consulting, manpower consulting, and uh, enterprise solutions. Uh, we've been in business since uh, 1982, so it's uh, all, you know like more than 40 years now, four decades, and uh, you know like we've been associated with PayPro for the last more than uh, a year now and uh, we've been very actively collaborating with the uh, leadership within the marketing function of PayPro and providing them with uh, research driven insights for both strategic and tactical decision making so uh, this is in a nutshell uh, you know uh, uh, about me and my role within Datamatics. 
Super. Thank you so much, Somnath. And yeah, it'd be great to, to get started. So I think it makes sense for us to kickstart the podcast with talking about what the Almanac actually is um, for our listeners who aren't familiar with the Almanac. Um, so James, what is the Almanac? Um, why is it important? And kind of what does it kind of, uh, you know, look into? And maybe if you could talk us through some of the, the use cases of the Almanac. The payment almanac is PPRO and um, obviously uh, with a lot of help from Datamatics, it's our annual book and data set that we provide to all of our clients that gives a complete index of all of the major local payment methods around the world, as well as e-commerce growth rates for the top 60 or even 70 major markets uh, in the world, as well as basic um, market data on every single country in the world. So it looks into everything from cross-border shopping behavior. It includes top industries um, within a certain market, uh, payment breakdowns within a particular market, as well as just general high-level data um, on each on each region in the world. So for our clients, it's a valuable resource that helps them guide their own strategy um, and helps them figure out where they potentially want to grow, what markets they potentially want to enter into, just generally um, provides them with high-level information on specific LPMs, uh, what's relevant, um, et cetera. So it's, it's becoming more and more popular over the years uh, for our clients to, to get excited and, and look forward to the new Almanac. Um, this year, it's the fourth version uh, that we've released. Um, Historically, it's also always been a book that we've released. So we started off releasing books to all of our clients. And obviously, in the digital age, um, it's becoming more and more relevant to uh, publish it online. So we've got both an Almanac book that we send to all of our clients, as well as an online database of all of the data that sits behind the Almanac that our clients can go in and, and yeah, basically explore the world of local payment methods and e-commerce. Well, that sounds really interesting. And I mean, I like the idea that it's, you know, not just a, a book uh, or previously was in a physical form only, but that, you know, there's access to, you know, highly relevant and, and useful data points. I'm keen to understand, you know, is there any information around perhaps like top vertical categories, anything about, um, you know, what was happening before the pandemic? Do you, you know, discuss kind of uh, who's set to, you know, be leading a particular vertical? How, how does that um, aspect play out in the Almanac? Yeah, so, I mean, we cover a lot of information in the Almanac. There's, there's a host of information. So, I mean, yes, it does cover um, top verticals. So really the top e-commerce segments within a particular country. Um, it also covers the most relevant cross-border e-commerce flows that you're seeing in a particular country. And it also gives... Um, a little bit of context around the country. So for each market or country, there's commentary that we add on the side that gives the reader a little bit of context when when um, digging through the data, because there's a lot there. Um, I think you can quickly get underwater when you first open the book or, or browse it online. So we also provide a little bit of context around each country and really what are the most popular local payment methods for our clients. Because ultimately, that's really what... Uh, this book needs to achieve or the online database needs to achieve. It needs to help our clients access the most relevant payment method for their client base. And this just really helps them navigate that. 
Cool. So uh, thanks, thanks, James, for, for the overview. Um, I think it makes sense next to, to talk about the methodology. I mean, it's always important to understand, you know, how these different data points are being sourced and, um, you know, helping, um, you know, ensure that your clients are having the most up-to-date information, you know, given the fact that this, um, you know, the almanac is quite pivotal in, in some highly strategic decisions. Um, so Somnath, can you talk us um, through, you know, what the partnership with PPRO looks like and, and what the methodology um, used is in the almanac? Sure. Uh, thanks, Megan. So uh, essentially, uh, as you have rightly pointed out, the PayPro Almanac actually occupies a very important position uh, in the e-commerce world, right? And uh, as uh, both uh, you and James had hi already highlighted that uh, the insights and the data which has been provided in the Almanac is used by a lot of the stakeholders within the e-commerce world for their strategic decision making. So, you know, like which markets to enter, uh, which verticals to focus on, you know, like where to put in more resources. A lot of, um, you know, uh, a decision is based on uh, the kind of data which is provided in the Almanac. And that's why, you know, like uh, we had to be absolutely sure about uh, deciding on the methodology to be adopted for this purpose. Uh, of course, you know, like we all are uh, by now are aware that, uh, you know, the entire e-commerce world has undergone a huge level of uh, change or a shift in dynamics. Uh, over the last uh, one and a half years because of uh, the pandemic situation and uh, which is which has led to you know like a lot of uh, the matrix uh, changing drastically uh, within the e-commerce world so uh, this uh, this actually made us to be very very cautious while deciding on the methodology so overall uh, what we did was uh, we uh, used a blended research methodology which comprised uh, data collection uh, through uh, various uh, secondary and primary sources, uh, as well as uh, we also spoke to a lot of uh, subject matter experts, you know, like people who have been part of the industry have seen it from close quarters across the globe to get their insights. And uh, once all the data was gathered, you know, like uh, then uh, you have to, we use a lot of uh, statistical methodologies and tools to normalize and forecast the data. So overall, you know, like this is uh, what we uh, did for the purpose of uh, the methodology. And it took us around a little more than five months uh, to complete this entire exercise. So you can imagine, you know, like uh, the kind of uh, mammoth effort which has gone into the entire um, uh, thing. Yeah, I mean, a five month effort that that's uh, quite some time. Um, and I mean, I think in your experience in, in running this report now for um, four years, I guess, you know, extracting all the data. Um, is there anything, you know, what's changing in terms of consumer behaviors? What what's staying the same, in your opinion? Oh, yes. I mean, as I mentioned, you know, like the, all, we've seen a huge shift uh, within the e-commerce space uh, over the last one and a half years, more than one and a half years now. And, uh, you know, uh, and, and, and this uh, shift has occurred uh, across uh, the various metrics. So, you know, it, in terms of the vertical focus, in terms of the payment methodologies, in terms of, um, you know, uh, the countries, uh, the performance of the countries and all these areas. So uh, essentially, you know, like if we, if if you ask me, you know, like uh, basically uh, the, one of the main reasons why uh, e-commerce uh, or we have seen the e-commerce growing substantially over the last, uh, you know, uh, uh, year or so 
between 2019 to 2020 was because of uh, the pandemic. Um, you know, uh, the kind of the consumers are actually forced to stay uh, at home uh, because of the uh, the regulatory restrictions, the imposed lockdowns and stuff. And uh, therefore, they were uh, they were required to uh, shift to the uh, in the e-commerce space, or you know, like to shift to the digital purchase methods to uh, you know satisfy their uh, daily requirements. And uh, you know, uh, so that, that, that's one you know which has occurred uh, in the recent past in the, in 2020 vis-a-vis 2020-19, and. Uh, of course, you know, like uh, uh, as uh, I think James was uh, touching upon, and James and uh, uh, Kelvin, you can feel free to uh, you know uh, uh, pitch in. Uh, I think uh, there has been a, a visible shift in terms of uh, the kind of weightages or the contribution from various verticals, right? Uh, prior to the pandemic, I think uh, you know uh, uh, travel and tourism, particularly airlines and uh, uh, hotels, uh, used to. Uh, uh, is to is to command a kind of a very significant uh, portion of the market, but uh, because of the lockdown, their share I think has come down uh, to a great extent in a lot of countries. Uh, whereas the 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 share of uh, the, the the essentials, the FMCG products, or even even uh, the um, you know health products, the uh, beauty products, and uh, even even uh, the homeware and furniture products, uh, to a great extent, may be driven by the work from home. Um, uh, 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 thing which have kicked in, uh, you know, these verticals have seen an increase uh, in the uh, market share uh, at the expense of uh, airlines and hotels. So that's uh, one thing which has happened. Uh, I don't, uh, James and Kelvin, uh, do you think, uh, do you, have you also observed the same kind of shift in the market, something like that? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, we've definitely seen a very similar, well, we've seen, not a similar, the exact same shift in the markets. Uh, certainly our clients experienced that firsthand during the pandemic. Um, and I think we I think we discussed this, Megan, in a previous podcast about the effect of the pandemic. But what's really interesting for me now is actually seeing some of the numbers um, shift in the almanac and the data that we're starting to see. So certainly from a vertical perspective, we saw a huge shift and that's that's prevalent in, in, in the almanac this year as well as really starting to see a shift from um let's say point of sale let's say physical type payments to digital first payment adoption so we're seeing some of these bank transfer methods or especially e-wallets becoming more and more popular that was driven from the pandemic but they're continuing to to increase um in adoption even after the pandemic now that things are opening up so that's another trend that, that I've certainly been seeing uh, in, in the marketplace as well as in the data. James, I, I think I, I couldn't agree more. I think one of the interesting things that I've noticed as well with what we've seen is I think prior to the pandemic, uh, you know, a lot of people, especially in APAC, were very apprehensive about e-commerce. You know, at some point in time, they're saying maybe it's not for me. But I think the, the uh, pandemic has really forced that issue. And what we're seeing is that with that, uh, a whole new category of consumers are coming online. And uh, as a consequence of that, I think the relevance of local payment methods has never been higher. I mean, you know, you can't expect, I think in the past, a lot of participation came from people who are comfortable with uh, a credit cards, using credit cards online and stuff. But now uh, with this huge uh, new influx of, of new consumer types, uh, we see a lot more demand for local payment methods 
uh, things that they're familiar with. I think yeah, there's a lot of concern around familiarity and safety and security. And so, you know, we, we see a lot of this demand now uh, coming into the uh, in, into e-commerce. Yeah, no, def- definitely. And you can see it firsthand. I've, I've got the, the almanac actually open on my desk in front of me and I opened up to just a random page and it came up with Singapore, obviously where you're based, Calvin. And even I'm seeing here food and drink and correct me if I'm wrong here or you're seeing something different in the market, but it went from almost a 1% e- e-commerce market share up to a 12% e-commerce market share from 2019 to 2020. So that's a, a huge shift in the way consumers just approach payments in general. Um, it's very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've been working from home pretty much for the last 18 months. So food comes in, uh, comes at the door. Uh, you you pick on, uh, you know, a myriad of apps that are available now. You just order anything from tea to to hamburgers to noodles or whatever it is that you like. Uh, it comes to your door and payment is, as you mentioned, James, e-wallets are, are abundantly available here, very popular. It's a lot of competition to to drive stickiness. So you get a lot of uh, points and rewards and stuff as well uh, for using e-wallets and, and things like that. So, you know, again, local payment methods are super, super relevant now, more than before. And I want to open up, um, I mean, we talked about some some verticals, but it'd be interesting to understand what's happening from an individual market perspective. Um, Somnath, anything you're seeing with regards to, you know, increases within, you know, a- any particular markets, perhaps in LATAM or Southeast Asia, or even Europe? Uh, yes. So, uh, uh Something, you know, like, of course, you know, uh, what we have experienced and witnessed is LATAM has significantly, uh, you know, uh, grown over this last one year or so. Uh, but I think more interesting is another observation. I And I think, you know, again, I'll uh, request James and uh, Kelvin to validate that. So, uh, you know, in most of the developing countries, like maybe uh, Brazil, India and others, what we have witnessed is uh, while overall e-commerce has grown in terms of the volume, uh, you know, the per capita spend has declined. Uh, this might be due to the uncertainties which have been uh, brought in by the pandemic situation. Uh, how, although this trend, you know, we have we've not seen this trend uh, in the developed uh, world and also even in China. This trend is not visible, but particularly in countries like India, Brazil and others, you know, we've noticed this. So is this something, you know, uh, James uh, and Kelvin, uh, you have also uh, been seeing on the ground? Certainly, um, yeah, to a degree, we're seeing similar shifts there. I mean, especially in the developed economies where where we have a lot of clients, we saw, yeah, we saw a significant increase, um, and it was definitely quite visible um, throughout the pandemic. You know, real multiples uh, compared to previous years, and it was definitely an acceleration of a trend that was occurring anyway in the marketplace. Um, I agree with you on the uh, developing economies. There, there has been a bit of a speed bump, um, if, if we want to call it that, in those markets. And yeah, I think a lot of it is coming from just uncertainties um, from a really from a macroeconomical view um, that those markets tend to get hit a little bit harder in times of uh, uncertainty. And uh, coming back to your question, Megan, uh, uh, essentially, uh, uh, of course, you know, LATAM, I think, uh, you know, we've all witnessed LATAM and seen growth, as Kelvin was mentioning, you know, even the APAC region, the South, uh, South Asian region has also seen growth. 
um, you know, uh, a huge growth, in fact, uh, or, or in terms of the overall e-commerce volume over the last, uh, you know, uh, year, year and a half. And, uh, and, and uh, of course, you know, like uh, these, I think now the people, the, the consumers, they have, uh, they've got the a test of uh, how easy it is to, uh, you know, to, to transact uh, over e-commerce. And also they have now become habituated Although they were kind of compelled to get into this, but now this has become a, a new normal for them, and uh, I think uh, that's that's why they will stick to this. And uh, I think uh, the momentum will uh, continue from here on. Uh, so that's uh, that's my take on this. Yeah, and I, I I agree that I think the the momentum will continue. I think the momentum will increase over the next few years uh, because we've got this very strong base of digital adoption that's was going to take a long time to come into effect and i think this um shock to the system is really going to help it accelerate yeah i couldn't agree more i think that you know what what we would have projected to have taken two or three years to to develop has happened over the span of months and you know a lot of the uh just from a, a government standpoint uh which in many of the developing countries you know a lot of this drive towards uh, uh digital payments and and e-commerce is driven by the government. And we see that many of them have accelerated their plans over the last few months because of the pandemic and the, and the need for people to go online. So good examples are like in, in, in Brazil, for example, Pix is a new uh, payment platform that we've incorporated into our infrastructure. But, you know, uh, again, a huge drive from the government, uh, but also in places like Indonesia, uh, where, you know, the government has always been advocating for digital payments for its citizens now accelerating a lot of those programs, uh, similar trends in Malaysia, uh, in, in Thailand, and you see that also in India, uh, so much where you come from with MPCI driving a lot of that adoption these days. Absolutely, Kelvin. Yes, uh, can't agree more than to this. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think what we're seeing with, you know, some of these um, big shifts and, you know, the, some of these significant changes and how we're transacting online and, you know, the comfort levels, it's definitely something that's here to stay. Um, and I want to now shift to what's happening with, you know, LPMs. Um, and, you know, Kelvin, a big part of, you know, your role and what your team's doing is uh, finding new LPMs and, you know, the whole purpose of uh, the Almanac is to kind of, you know, explore some of the new LPMs, what's happening in this space. Um, so, Kelvin, how do you and your team actually find new LPMs? Well, that's a very good question, Megan. I think a lot of it is uh, driven by, you know, what James has mentioned before. It's, it's about the context within the market. It's about relevance. So a lot of times, uh, you know, the team that I that I run, that I manage, uh, is spread throughout the world. So the, the reason for that is very simple. We need to be as close to the markets as we can uh, so that we can actually uh, get that insight that's, that's really on the ground. Um, and so when we try to look for new LPMs, uh, it's always about what are the consumers uh, using, what's most relevant, we look at the verticals. Some of that data is already in the Almanac. Uh, we look at what is trending, and uh, and and that's kind of how we look at the 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 approach that you know on what to pick for for the platform. And what are some of the key trends you're seeing in in this space? Um, 
Well, there's a couple of interesting ones. I think, you know, uh, uh, one of them we've, we've talked about a few times uh, during this show already is, is this thing about bank transfer, peer-to-peer bank transfer. I think a lot of that is starting up now, uh, particularly favoured by a lot of the governments as they introduce uh, digital payments to their, their population. But also, uh, James has mentioned before as well, uh, e-wallets is uh, extremely popular uh, as well, simply because it's very easy to set up. Um, a lot of uh, people find it relatable, uh, easy to use, and uh, you know you you can tap on a various uh, funding sources behind that that e-wallet. Uh, particularly so in in Asia, and of course the most famous one of all, Alipay. Uh, you know that's world recognized, but you know there are a lot of uh, similar ones. And I would say that the third big trend that we're seeing now is of course the buy now pay later phenomenon. I think. Uh, it's really seen a lot of uh, excitement, especially over this pandemic period. And I think as people struggle with uncertainty, uh, buy now, pay later offers a lot of options uh, for consumers when they're buying uh, uh, stuff online. And we see that trend all the way across from Australia into Asia, uh, even in, in the US as well. So, you know, uh, one of these, uh, I mean, this is one of the key trends that we're monitoring closely. Yeah, the whole buy now, pay later space. I mean, we can probably have a uh, you know, long-standing podcast series on, on what's happening here. Um, James and uh, Somnath, anything you want to add on you know, what's happening with the buy now, pay later space uh, in, in any market, really? No, nothing in, in particular. I think Kelvin covered it there. It's, it's really a phenomenon at the moment. It's, it's yeah. taking the world by storm and we're seeing... We're seeing all of our clients um, re- request buy now, pay later. I think it's going to be interesting to see how the market matures um, because not everybody's going to make it. So yeah, so that's 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 it from my side. I think what's also quite interesting, actually, the last point there is we tend to see on the on the client side of the house payment preferences and and our clients' businesses really do go after certain types of payment methods depending on the region and they tend to focus on certain payment method types one at a time. So, you know, we went through a phase in in APAC, for example, where it was e-wallets first and all of our clients wanted e-wallets. Then they moved on to open banking in Europe and then they moved on to buy now, pay later, et cetera. And that, that was really the trend that we saw in, in the past with all of our clients that would move one step at a time because of what's occurred in the past few years and because we've seen the payment method landscape fragment quite a lot, we're seeing our clients approach multiple payment types at the same time, which I think has also been quite quite interesting. Somnath, is there anything you want to add before we jump to the, the next topic, kind of um, wrapping things up? No, I think uh, both uh, Kelvin and James have uh, covered it, uh, pretty much covered it. You know, like uh, one thing is uh, perhaps, you know, uh, once uh, there's buy now, uh, pay later, thing uh, uh, you know becomes more popular uh, you know the the providers uh, they need to think about uh, again about, uh, about the kind of uh, uh, the issues they might face in terms of non-payment and stuff so you know the credit good check on the credit rate score and credit rating and all these things will come into the picture which will uh, become uh, probably uh, uh, you know an additional bit of activity uh, for the both the merchants uh, and the, the payers so I think, uh, but it's yet to be seen, you know, like how uh, things move from here on and uh, we'll see how it uh, unfolds. Yeah. 
Definitely. There's kind of a, I've seen quite a few uh, articles going around on social media about, uh, you know, what happens if this uh, bubble bursts, but that's a, a different topic for a different day. Um, so that, that pretty much wraps up um, this podcast. So it's been really great to, you know, shed more light on, on what the Almanac is, why it's so important. I think it's, you know, a, a very valuable resource for anyone in, in the payments world. And um, yeah, as, as mentioned, uh, the Almanac previously available uh, only to PPRO clients in a book form. And it's now available um, to anyone. Listeners can find out more on ppro.com. Um, so yeah, we'd like to encourage everyone to check out the Almanac, um, download it, have a look through. And we also wanted to um, offer a little raffle. So the first five non-partners who write a email to Almanac, that's A-L-M-A-N-A-C at ppro.com with their address, will get a free uh, physical copy of the book for free. So that wraps up today's episodes. I'd like to thank my three guests, James Booth, um, Calvin Pua, and Somnath Banjari. Um, James and Calvin, um, thank you again for representing PPRO and Somnath. Um, thank you for joining us today. Where can our listeners find out more about Datamatics? Visitors, uh, you know, like uh, listeners can actually visit uh, www.datamaticsbpm.com. That's our website. And, uh, you know, like they'll get to know all the details there. And uh, we have uh, a detailed uh, a section where it, uh, we have the, all the case studies and, the, uh, you know, the, the uh, samples and stuff, of which uh, the visitors can request for. And we'll be more than happy to, uh, you know, help them out. Super. Again, thank you, everyone. Um, really great to discuss what we're seeing in terms of, you know, trends in the LPM space, uh, shifts in the kind of new normal and hearing a bit more about the Almanac and, and how it's produced um, every year. So thank you again and stay tuned for the next episode of P-Pro Payments Radio. Mm-hmm.